Ladies and gentlemen, Big Four Boys, episode 17, Alec, Zach I mean, Efron. It sounds about right. In. Yeah, we're, uh, we're plugging and playing here and we're staying. Uh, I haven't seen you since the 70s. What have you been up to? How, how are things hanging? You know what? Actually, actually, I was test driving a Kia. And this is not a sponsorship, folks. This is not an ad. Um, actually, I was uh, there was a promotion in Los Angeles. Taller LA heads listening. Your local Kia dealership will give you free Clippers tickets if you test drive um, a Kia vehicle. Now, I should warn you: most of these tickets retail for approximately eight dollars, but but you're getting two free eight dollar tickets and no fees. So. I mean, twenty dollars tickets. How does that feel? Something. Are are we talking like the three hundred level? Your backs to the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the corner, with all Mexicans just. My not- <laughs> well, in all honesty, we we all sit there too. Yeah, um, true. you know, yeah, just yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I was busy with the afternoon. That's why I was running late today. Um, but before that, I was actually taking a final, bro. A law school final. Just wrapped up my semester. Uh, I think most people noticed that we weren't on last week. That was my fault. Um, dude, I had this 27-hour final on Tuesday. 27, 27 hours. hours. So it was three hours in class. Yeah. And then it was 24 hours take home. And you're going to say, hey, Alec, that sounds pretty easy. And I'll say, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was like two essay questions. You'll be like, dude, 24 hours for two essay questions doesn't sound hard. Most law students take that in maybe two hours or three. And yeah. I would, I would tend to agree with you. But um, I approximately slept three hours that night and I'm not an overachiever. I don't think I am anyways. Uh, it was just that type of essay, man. It yeah. was a total yeah. mind. Like this, this professor just played with us, you know, and I ended up taking 18 hours to write this thing and it was brutal. Um, Fucking nuts. Here, Jake is uh, requesting to join. Should I pop him in here? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All course. right. All right. He's joining. I feel like this is an ambush because I, I had no idea Jake was yeah. there joining right now, man. You guys just threw threw this guy at me, huh? We'll see. Uh, we'll see if he pops up here. Oh, maybe he changed. I wonder. I wonder what this looks like when it's recording. Like if it just shows the Jacob Schaefer um, loading, or we're just letter. talking to ourselves like crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> He's connecting. It's that Iowa connection. Maybe yeah. back in Texas. Who knows? Internet isn't but, great there. Or in Texas. No offense to our Texas heads. It's not even that great in Portland, to be honest. I don't know how you're working right now. Yeah, it's the east side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. You guys are rich. You guys have, like, you know, satellite internet or whatever, right? Yeah, whole food shopping. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one time you went to Starbucks Reserve, bro. Was that, like, $10? I mean, no, I mean we bought the place out. <laughs> sounds about right man and then you guys kicked out their own chefs and brought your own personal right yeah what's going on boys man oh. unbelievable ladies and gentlemen first guest on big four boys former pwc head my former roommate he's dallas's very own jake schaefer Jake, welcome to the pod. I did not tell Alec you'd be joining. So this is, <laughs> this is all a little, man. This is totally 
total <laughs> ambush. We're, we're going to get into. Uh, hey, but I'm ready to defend bit. all my NFT purchases, my crypto purchases. Yeah, let's get into the crypto shit, Jake. You background to the millions of folks listening. We you reached out to me and you said, <laughs> "What is Kelsey doing with this NFT talk? <laughs> calling you know crypto or." whatever it is, calling everything an asset class. You had your own criticisms. You're smarter than I am. Should we get into this? Do you guys fight over Zoom? Like, how do we oh, want to proceed here? Absolutely. Let's start it off, Jacob. Let's go. <laughs> Let's debate. Let's debate. Ring the First bell. of all, ding, ding, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. Good to see you, Alex. Like, uh, like Alex said, um, I live in Dallas now. Um, we thank you for your support for Dirk Nowitzki. Alex. <laughs> However, we would we would not encourage you to show that support by purchasing NFTs. <laughs> hey, you know what? Four hundred and five dollars, and you know what? It was the best four hundred and five bucks I spent. It's a beautiful three pointer. Every time I watch it, I feel better. Alex, have I shown you this NFT? You no, you haven't shown me. You've talked about it though, and I and I'm you got to catch up some of the folks here. Like, how do we assess where it's valued at now? Can you track that? Like a well, right now it's worth about two hundred fifty dollars, but but uh, there's yeah. only nine hundred ninety of these cards made. Um, I'm talking to you, Jake, and I own um, one of these nine hundred ninety cards, and it's um, one of the only. There's only two Dirk Nowitzki cards on NBA Top Shot. And um, I bought this one, yeah. And um, I think they're, they're like, if you look at the Series One cards, have you seen NBA Top Shot, Jake? No, I haven't. Yeah, so these uh, these cards they're going up for like two hundred fifty grand, dude. Some of these cards, these these are definitely replacing your old basketball cards, no question, no question. There, you, there is def- there's definitely a question. You think, so, that, you think basketball cards are staying when you got this beautiful technology that the NBA itself is endorsing? So if I own a, a basketball card, a physical card, yeah. there's only one of those cards. Right. Okay. So if you own an NFT, you own like an, an IP address or whatever yeah. it is, but anybody can look at it. Yeah. But anyone could look at your basketball card. No, they can't. They could just look at your back. Yeah, they could just print out your basketball card or whatever, and they'll, <laughs> they'll see the same exact thing. But you, what you're owning is you're owning this like specific serial number on the web, and it's not like it's a random thing. It's authorized, but by the NBA and by these like the NBA Players Association. So I feel like when I buy one of these cards, I'm buying a basketball card, like one of the you know the 1940s. Uh, tops or whatever Panera you know whoever the first ones were and um, that's what I'm investing in man yeah I just think nfts crypto it's really just hoping somebody's willing to pay more for something that you paid for that's all it is like I spent 100 bucks on some hopefully somebody will pay me 500 for it and I can get out like (laughs) I mean (laughs) I just have a hard time seeing the value proposition behind it do you do you not have any um assets in bitcoin or ethereum right now i do not i really i believe i believe the best way to invest in cryptocurrency is to buy quote-unquote shit coins and and hope that they just skyrocket Um, yeah or or i think if you if you own bitcoin or ethereum i think you should trade it like you say all right if i if i'm gonna get 10 percent, i'm gonna sell I don't, I don't see it as a long-term uh, 
long-term play. I, I think the SEC is going to come in and regulate it, um, start their own cryptocurrency, and most of these coins will – obviously, I think all the shit coins will go to zero, and then Bitcoin and Ethereum will probably stay around, but I think they're, they're unlikely to double or triple or anything like that. But with the shit coins, is that just a complete – Crap shoot like you have no idea um that's like yeah is it just like, Reddit? like how, how do you know where that's gonna end up i don't look into anything yeah um, I'll, like i heard alex say this on a previous podcast like he'll get a tweet or, or a message from a friend or like see a, a tiktok or something yeah and just be like all right <laughs> like I, I haven't made much money on him but mm-hmm. and i've traded very few times because I don't like trading something that trades 24 hours a day because you might wake up and it's gone. That's the fun, that's the fun of it. That's the fun no, of it, man. You get to wake up stressful. and you see major gains. <laughs> Actually, um, uh, there was a, did I say this in the last episode? I, I got into a major shit coin, um, uh, Euroship. Yeah, you've talked about it a few times. It's like the dog <laughs> of Doge or it's the baby of Doge. It's the parody of Doge's yeah. parody, Shiba, Euroship. Not doing too well, folks, but guess what? You know what? Um, all it takes is one crazy push. I like uh, what Jake was saying. There was an article actually that if you invested $1 in Shiba on January 1st, 2020, you'd have approximately a million dollars right now. That's not bad. Just saying. One dollar, folks, and I have a hundred bucks in euro ship. So, by my count, I'm already like what a hundred million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I've got a friend that his theory is he, he's diversified among shit coins and he's not going to sell any of them until they go to zero or he makes ten thousand dollars. And the, the hope is that one of them hits and then it pays for all your losses. That actually, yeah, I have a friend who's doing the same exact thing, which yeah. tells me that if multiple people are doing this, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know it, what the chances. Yeah, it's, it's all a big bubble. And yeah, one thing I've seen I've seen with NFTs is it's hard to know what's true when you're just reading on the internet. But so people are allegedly selling to themselves. So they have this this picture of a monkey, and. Oh, it's, that, they that buy one. it for like it's four hundred dollars, and they sell it to themselves for a hundred thousand, and then they sell sell to somebody else for fifty thousand, and they just made fifty thousand dollars. Oh, that's thing. a pretty that's a pretty good strategy right there. Yeah. Well, well, Jake, I I I don't know if you heard this episode, but I did buy a Dwayne Wade card for two hundred. I've heard them all. Two hundred fifty dollars, <laughs> and I ended up se- I ended up selling it. He's on the for, Patreon. Yeah. He's on the Patreon. He's on your OnlyFans too. Yes, yes. All right, keep going. Alan. And I, I ended up selling it for eleven fifty to a real person. Yeah, just letting you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean congrats. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think you just got to get out before the part the party stops. That's the whole the whole right. plan. Hey, can I can I share my screen right here, Alex? Uh, are we on a work call? This is nuts. Uh, yeah. I want to show I want to show the people the, the next NFT to buy. All right, let's do it. It's like a producer Ben or Jamie pulling it up. I want to show, I want to show Jake the next NFT right now. The next one. The next, the next big, the next big one. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, uh, dude, it's not, it's not letting me share my screen right now. Oh, uh, weird. 
maybe just draw a photo of it. I don't know. It's all right. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send the link to the group, and then you guys could see it yourselves. But right. our, what should we do for our listeners right now? Just uh, describe yeah. it. Trying once to you, describe. once you guys see it, I'll, we'll describe. Uh, it. I heard about this. Melania Trump. This is the next big one, folks. Right here, Melania Trump's NFT. Uh, I've been really questioning whether I should buy this or not. Um, Jake, what are your thoughts right now, man? Tell me. Should I should I be buying this? 174 bucks. How many are there? That's that's what I've been trying to figure out. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is it's limited edition and its sales sale ends December 31st. I was about to pull the trigger yesterday. But I don't know if it's just limited until December 31st or if it's limited. And if, by the way, if we don't sell out, it ends December 31st. I'm assuming that it's limited up to as much as they sell until December 31st, which I don't like. But yeah, I mean, your, ma- your max loss is $174. So it might be a good way to, to cover all your NFL bet losses. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. That's the, we're, fucking, we're, we're gonna move. that's the funniest segment of our show when we do that weekly bet and then we're just wrong every time. <laughs> Dude, that was you, man. You would have screwed up the Survivor picks a few times and then I lost it. Yeah, no, to I would have for sure. Yeah, you got Vegas on your side. Yeah. So is is one soul, is that like Solano, the, yeah, the crypto? Yeah. yeah. So that's the price, one soul. Yeah. Um, and it's $174 to buy Melania yeah. Trump's eyes. The reason why I think it's a big deal is because there's such a, like a big um, fan base of these Trumps. Uh, were you in on the DWAC hype? No, I, I saw it. And I mean, it was at like 20 bucks already. And I was like, no way. And I bought sure, it. At, sure enough. Yeah. I, I, I bought it at 18. And that one was like my biggest, I'm telling you, without DWAC, I'm pretty sure my portfolio would be in the red for the entire year. <laughs> I, I ended up losing $10,000 in the past two weeks because of all my autist bets. Um, not very good. Uh, but, you know, thanks to uh, DWAC, uh, we're str- standing strong. Uh, Alex is boy. Yeah, I mean, you should have you transitioned all the way into the boomer stocks that you're talking about last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it sounds like you're sticking in the in the the growth plays. I know. Smashed. Are, are you in? Are you in the growth plays? Or are you in those boomer plays, man? Yeah, you, you called me right. I'm mostly in a uh, in companies that make money. That's that's where so I like. So you're the, talking about like J and J and stuff like that. Those uh, the... I, I own I own very few stocks. I own mostly just the S and P. Oh, okay. Even more boomer. Um, yeah. And like my biggest like gamble play is the cruise lines that are just getting hammered. You're calling me. You're calling me crazy, <laughs> dude. What the hell? Are you who invests in cruises? No. Who's going back on a cruise? Oh, I'll be back. Um, you, wait, Jake, did you get in low like during COVID? You're like, because these are coming back, or what was the thought? Yeah, I've been there? I've been getting in over the last like four or five months, and I was actually up like quite a bit, and then they just went down like thirty percent in the last two weeks or so. So I've been buying, trying to buy the dip here, but I'm taking it, taking it easy for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, m- most of my money is just in S and P. I'm very boomerish. It's a good strategy. It's a good strategy, but it, uh, but it's no fun, man. I, I got to tell you, I have a problem where I try to buy 
<laughs> where I buy like a little bit of every stock. It's I don't, when someone tells me something, I have this fear of missing out. So I, you know, you tell me, um, freaking was it wasn't stock that I recently bought that was stupid. Um, Mercado Libre. I, I bought you know Mercado Libre, the Mexican Amazon. No. Yeah, exactly. That's the street I'm in. There's another one. Um, there's like a like SCAC or something. They're gonna get into with Triller. Someone told me about that, and I bought it. I there's a lot of ton of crap that I'm buying. And is it like Drew Littlejohn telling you, like, who do you have? He's speaking of Drew. I'm seeing him tonight, man. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. He's gonna come to the USC uh, bar review. You guys are flying up. You guys gonna fly down and come through? I wish. I wish, Jake. You've been listening, but have you heard of these? these bar review stories that Alec has about these, these law school kids are just partying it up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Getting in the snow, just getting after it. Yeah. Dude, it's one of the, some of the most, uh, I gotta tell you, man, these USC kids, uh, it's like a whole different thing, bro. Um, I, I, I was telling Alex in the beginning of the pod, they don't give anything lower than a B <laughs> in law school. Really? So, yeah. So it's pretty nice. Nobody uh, fails. No, they have to get like special permission to. So you just like, got to get in the, in the door and you're good to go. Yeah, like like if you like completely don't answer it, then they could go to the dean and say, "Hey, can we actually like fail this guy?" And they have to go like through a few layers of review. Yeah. But then they could go go ahead with it. But you'd have to actually like try to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're paying enough money. That'd be horseshit to. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, seventy-two k, as I've said many times. Yeah. Um, so is so, there going to be? Well, is there going to be a Barrett Trump NFT coming? Like, are we just focused on the wife right now? If there is a Baron Trump, would you be buying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw in some. Obviously. Money. Yeah. You, you would what? <laughs> I put some money down. I was going to ask you guys about the gambling stocks. I know that Penn has been down crazy recently. FanDuel, are they doing well? I don't know. I haven't kept up, but that's an industry that I feel like potentially. I know. I know, like DraftKings has been getting smashed lately, and uh-huh. like their their CEO was going on CEO or CFO was going on CNBC, like complaining about their stock being manipulated, and it's like, well, you're just not making money, so yeah. Uh, I actually agree. With, I actually agree with that. I I think that they're not going to be making profit for like what the next five years. Uh, on top of it, it's like I feel like this whole betting thing is kind of like the Uber Lyft thing. Do you know that Uber and Lyft still haven't like really turned a profit yet? And it's been like what 12, 14 years. I feel like these guys are always going to be competing with each other. FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM, Foxbet. It's it's like so like WinBet or whatever that is. And then on top of it, like the states actually limit their upside where they say they you could only like win like 10% or something like that of total bets. Like you can't win over this certain threshold. And then on top of it, you have the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, they all want like a piece um, of like, like every bet that you make on their sport. And then on top of it, they have to pay sports data companies like sports radar or genius sports or whatever there is for, to make these like live sports bettings or whatever. (laughs) I just feel like after all of this, it's going to be so hard to turn a profit um and like i remember i think this hype really went crazy like last year 
um, you know, with the whole SPACs thing and stuff like that. And then they also, like, the CEO came out and he's like, oh, you know, we're going to be the next Amazon of betting or something like that, which I couldn't understand, like, how he's going to be the Amazon of betting. But I guess comparing yourself to the Amazon of anything is a good comparison. Um, Are they going yeah. to place or what's the... Uh, I don't know what they're I really don't know what they're doing that can, I think he was like oh we're trying to get data on people and what bets they make and I don't know how that made them the Amazon of anything but um, he's like I just I just find it hard to believe and you know I don't even think they have a billion in revenue Do they they don't even have a billion in revenue right DraftKings it's less and I'm I know not sure as more states legalize and everything like that um, the story will change but I just I don't know I'm not a big believer in it. Um, yeah. I, I like the FanDuel one, to be honest. Um, I bought, it's a British company. And it's like this British company owns FanDuel and a bunch of other um, betting companies. But you're not getting the full value of FanDuel, even though it's like one of the components of it. Um, and I think FanDuel is actually even bigger than DraftKings in America. I think they did a market share study. And for sports betting, FanDuel is at least like 20 points above market share wise than DraftKings. That's, that's what I read in the last study. Um, but yeah, I, I bought, I bought like a, a few shares of that and uh, I got killed. So uh, yeah. I, I think a uh, fan just bought Pat McAfee's show for like 30 mil. Yeah. yeah. A year. I think it was four years, 120. Not bad. Whoa, really? Yeah. yeah. Damn. Oh, it's just a contract. They didn't buy the the rights to the show. Mm-hmm. Wow, is Rogers getting a piece of that or what? And, <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. four years, hundred twenty. Wow. Um, but what about Penn? The the whole Barstool Sports thing. You think that just ran up to hundred twenty, and that was just like crazy? That stock. Yeah, it seems like there was a lot of hype behind that. Like that was the AMC of of uh gambling stocks i think the barstool effect really rippled through that stock but i don't know i haven't really looked into it that much um i know it was at like three or four dollars like in march 2020 which was nuts so if you would have got in there you could have easily got a 25x i I actually i actually did i sold i sold it at 17. (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you get a you get a four four x you sold everything yeah everything and I actually told my boss, uh, my manager at the time, to buy it, and she did, and she held on to it until it was like fifty. So, funny How story. Did you get a piece? Shares did you have though? Um, I had like a thousand dollars worth. Oh damn! Yeah, you should just bought a like sold like your basis or Dude, basis I didn't think plus some profit. Because pre-COVID, they were trading around like twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so best case scenario, they go back to pre-COVID levels at 28. I'm not going to be greedy on this. I already made like, I think it was double and a half. I'm like, eh, I made, I made like a pretty nice chunk of change for, on this one. I'm going to go ahead and sell it. And I did. And like, yeah. And then I saw it every day it went up and up and up. And then it went to 30. And then it went up to 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110. And I was just sitting there like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah anytime you get get a 4x like it's you can't you can't have regret after you're selling after that yeah you were smart you were smart enough to get in it get in at four dollars yeah, other people yeah. are buying at 40 or whatever yeah 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 i mean I, 
every time I've sold a stock, it's probably been always like bad. Like I bought Live Nation during the pandemic um, at like 34 or something. And then I sold it at like 48. Now it's at like 110. But anyways, I'll go. There's like a whole long list of losers that I have. Um, yeah. But Alex, what, what did you want to talk about? What else was Jake? Yeah, I mean, I, I know we had, you know, the NFT stuff. I'm glad Jake got to sound off and cuss you out and everything. I I guess, I mean, we are an accounting pod. Uh, Jake's hey, by the way, can I, for yeah. the NFT things, um, the same owners as NBA Top Shot is releasing NFL NFTs. Um, right. Just letting you guys know, get on that wait list right now because the Series 1 NFTs, if we know anything about the NBA ones, are going to be extremely valuable. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, yeah, that's a good preview. We'll check those out. I was going to talk. Uh, was, <laughs> just ignore everything this guy says. Come on now. Um, I was going to ask Jake. So we are an accounting pod, and uh, I don't know. Jake is someone who worked at PwC as well. We all have that experience. Uh, I wanted to get your opinions, Jake. I know you left. You're now private side, I guess we would call it, industry side. What What are some of the differences you've noticed so far? I know it's a subject that we've touched on a little bit. Alec doesn't really know. He was like public and then just went straight back to school. But I don't know. You've I don't know how long it's been for you either. A couple months now. Yep, yeah, I'm two months in. I work at a. If any of you have heard of Carvana. I basically work at a small competitor of them based out of San Francisco. Um, Vroom? The biggest, no, smaller. It's called Shift. Oh my God, their stock is awful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they pretty much, they try to incentivize you to come on with a decent little equity package. And we're, we're down, they're down about 50% since I, since I started, but uh <laughs> Yeah. I, I bought that stock as a Carvana, Carvana sympathy play because Carvana just kept on going up and up and up. Bad yeah, investment. the whole the whole sector's getting hammered right now. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but as far as work goes, um, the biggest difference is the hours. Um, yeah. I worked I worked in audit at PwC for a year and a half, and then I went to the Capital Markets Accounting Advisory Services, which is the equivalent of what Alec did at at a EY. Um, yeah. So in CMAS, my first couple of weeks over there, I was working 70, 75 hours a week, working on an IPO, uh, preparing financial statements, preparing an S1. And um, that was pretty brutal. And I was going to have, I was going to be going through that process again um, in November and December this year. It was really going to ramp up. And I found a way to get out and I, kind of ditched right before it yeah. got bloody um and i work i don't think i've worked 40 hours yet Jeez. and yeah. i get i get a little bit more pay than i did there to work mm-hmm. a lot less yeah um and you're in texas now yeah no and your standard back. of living is yeah oh my god this yeah, guy my made apartment's a lot manage. nicer <laughs> yeah you're yeah, one but, of those uh, thieves right should we be calling the cops on you because i think we just found one of the thieves in la <laughs> um no actually if i would have stayed i'd be making more now um wait why today either today or yesterday pwc announced well they announced pretty big raises right when i left and then um today they announced five percent raises for everybody and then deals practice got five to ten percent more 
Wow. And and they're doing March retention bonuses plus September normal bonuses. Like the comp is really good now. Yeah. Oh man, we got out at the wrong time. Yeah. But but here's the question with that, is it still worth it? Because I know Jake for you, like when I came back to LA in uh July or whenever it was, you were working Saturdays and everything. And at a certain point, I don't know, how much does the money really matter? Uh I guess to some people it does. That's why they throw all these bonuses at you i'm sure alec would have stayed for you know five extra bucks and the dirk Nowitzki <laughs> nft but for the rest of us the rest of us i feel like value time at least a little bit more is this, is this your going rate ten dollars yeah yeah no, we don't we all don't have personal chefs alex sorry man that's right yeah cooking yeah yeah i think um whenever they announce a, a bonus or a raise like it feels nice for like one or two weeks and then the reality of the work that you're putting in settles in and you're kind of like, I don't know if it's, it's worth it, you right. know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's hard to say. Um, sometimes you think about if, how long, if you just would have stayed, never quit, how long could you make it? If you just put the work in, I don't know, but it's not, not worth it for me. Yeah. And you were mentioning too that CMAS specifically for PwC was like super understaffed, right? There are just a ton of people leaving. And so it, it can be tough. Whereas for people working in audit, and I know, you know, trillions of our fans are considering that route. And so at least for that, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You have your typical seasons. Whereas for something like CMAS or even valuation, it's just project to project. I, was there any way for you to predict when things would slow down or was it kind of just, I have another, you know, a couple weeks at hell and I don't know when it's going to get better. Yeah. So I, I was pretty much staffed on two IPO projects when I was in CMAS and we yeah. kind of knew when they were going to ramp up and down, but, but um, it was going to be over Thanksgiving and probably through Christmas. Like I checked, I checked the SEC website and the, the, the client has not filed their document yet. And so that team is probably going to be working through Christmas because they have to file it before year end. So it's, there's no real break. Like it's more of like, you got to get the work done right. at any, at any required time. So, yeah. And you, I mean, you would have missed the big 10 championship. It would have been a whole ordeal. Yeah, yeah. I heard uh, Alec talking crap about the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Rose Bowl last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, he, he was trash in Oregon, too, but yeah. Yeah. Man, that wasn't yeah. even a game, man. I'm sorry, dude. Michigan just stomped through you guys, dude. Stomped right through you. Yeah, I mean, it played pretty well for, for a half. Um, Michigan put up 21 points in the last 11 minutes. We kind of rolled over at the end. Yeah. But – yeah, we, we were so close to an Iowa-Oregon Rose Bowl, but then I think our teams <laughs> lost by 70 points combined. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I mean, I, I don't know what was worse. Obviously, we lost by less points, but it's to the same team that beat us. Back to back. When we were number three, what was it, two or three weeks apart, scores were almost identical, where I think we lost like 38-7 the first time, then 38-10, and uh, yeah, our QB was a mess, but – I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, Iowa kind of backed into the Big Ten championship. Like, Wisconsin lost the last game of the year, and 
Um, uh, so we kind of like, we were happy to be there, whereas Oregon kind of expected to win the championship probably. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it was one of those years, and now we're just – see, this is the show. We effortlessly, like, transition into different topics. We're talking accounting, and now we're just going straight into college football. But it was one of those for us where – and I've talked about this on the uh, the pod before, but each week we would just have these very uncomfortable wins where it's like years and years past we'd play a Pac-12 team and expect to win by 40 where it felt like every – it, like playing Arizona this year, they're zero and four, and we have a nail biter against them. And just every game was close. Well, Fresno so, State. Yeah, yeah, Fresno, and so uh, <laughs> yeah, UCLA was close. Zona didn't Fresno beat UCLA? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey, I'm a USC guy now. I'm a USC oh, okay. guy. Lincoln All Riley, right. baby. Oh, yeah, you're just going to switch teams. Yeah, Jake, did you hear the rant about Lincoln Riley on this pod? Um, I can't remember it. Okay. I well, definitely would have. But... Well, Alec is just sold now that USC is automatically the best team in the Pac-12. I mean, we got to prove yeah, something. It's a, it's a guarantee. Tell me, am I crazy? This guy, he's been coaching for, like, what, five years? And, like, three out of five years, he's made the college football playoffs. And now he has the branding of USC. Los Angeles, unlimited scholarships. I mean, yeah, but I, mean, yeah, I think mm-hmm. what I remember this conversation now, and I, I agree with what Alex said. You gotta, you gotta realize when he got hired at Oklahoma, his the previous coach did not get fired. Bob Stoops retired, and he had Baker Mayfield as his, as his quarterback, and then he had Kyler Murray as his quarterback. Um, he's walking into a situation at USC that where that team is not made even made a rose bowl since it's been a decade at least i think so he's got to build up a program he's bringing his boys avoid all the he's got to avoid all the the distractions of la he's not normal oklahoma anymore that's true i mean tuesday nights he'll be get roped into plan b like he's not going to be able to focus up on football so it's yeah it's curtains for the whole team uh, but well, but he no, couldn't, like I mean, he couldn't win with Rattler, who's the best in the league. So, yeah. What were you going to say, Alec? What I don't like is they gave him 110 mil. When, but it was like you, 10 years, right? Yeah, but when you give a guy like that much money, who knows what happens. Uh, it's just hard to stay yeah. hungry and motivated once you got like a guaranteed deal like that. Um, what? <laughs> Uh, well, I was just going to make another plan B. He's in the VIP room with that. That's <laughs> a plan B. Yeah, they, they, they bought him a house too, didn't they? They bought both of his over. houses in Oklahoma. Yeah. I think they bought both houses in Oklahoma for half a mil over fair market price. Yeah. And bought him a house in LA. Damn. And he can use a private jet as much as he wants to. Well, he got to recruit, man. He got to recruit all over the country. He's just doing his job. Hey, yeah, I mean, know, it's not it's not hard to win the Pac-12 South. Well, we ain't looking for Pac-12, man. We're looking <laughs> we're looking for college football playoffs, dude. That, look, you're Oregon. Oregon's done already, man. I'm sorry to tell you, the days of Oregon. No, no, we got Georgia's coach. We're we're good. We didn't get Chip, but it's all. Didn't good. your coach go to Miami? Uh, Cristobal, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, so he's saying that the Miami job is better than the Oregon job. He's from Miami. Yeah, yeah, but so that's kind of a dream job situation. 
Yeah, and the pit bulls there, like it's you know, the, there's a reason to be there. <laughs> so who's your coach now? Uh, what, what's his name? Dan something. It's the Georgia D coordinator. Uh, Georgia's D coordinator, which Georgia had what the top defense this but year. Oregon so. is all offense, man. You guys, that's your identity. It's an offensive. Well, team. Our defense is terrible, so that's probably a good start. But you don't want a defensive-minded guy to run Oregon. That's not your identity. I we're uh, I don't know. We're lost right now, so we're uh, figuring oh, something out. Come on, dude. I don't like that. I was gonna make a trans joke, but that wouldn't have been good. Uh, <laughs> um, Alex, USC, <laughs> Lincoln, did you turn your? Oh, there we go. I had to. Um, Can't be part of. I'm just yeah, you gotta sign. Anytime I say anything controversial on this pod, you're just dipping out. You don't want to lose that USC. Oh, yeah. You don't want to lose that. Uh, you know, spot in law school. Hey, I'm I'm easy. I'm easier to be. I'm easier to cancel than you are. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Look at the hair, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get back to. I feel like we're being disrespectful to Jake. We got someone who's a Elijah Watts winner here. Should we should we do a CPA thing? We haven't done this at all, basically, because I didn't, you know, care enough to do it. But let's ask Jake some some CPA stuff, just because you know, our, our listeners glasses. are curious about this. Jesus. Now, Mister Mister um, Schaefer. Um, what was the hardest CPA subject for you? The hardest subject for me was definitely regulation, which is tax and business law. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. the opposite of, of what was difficult for you. Um, those, those topics inherently are just not topics that I, I learn, I learn well. So I had to study a lot more. Um, I took that test third on purpose because I knew, I knew that I need a little lag room. And so I'd rather see if I can do well on these other, other, other tests first it's to see if it's worth studying extra for the more difficult exam. But. Uh, I feel you. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, well, I took far the first, far first, and I took regulation second. Um, yeah. Regulation was pretty hard uh, for me, but you know what? This is going to be a funny answer for me. The hardest was, um, well, I got, this is the one I got the best score on, but this is the one I, I took the full like three hours or however long it was, was the BEC one. I know everyone says that's the easiest one, but for some reason I was in the testing room for the longest period of time as opposed to the other ones where I was able to finish early. I remember, crazy you, I remember you telling me that, Alec, when we were at PwC, you were freaking out like, man, I, I think I failed it. And then di- didn't you get like a 90 something? Yeah, like 98. That was like my, that was like my, that was like the one that didn't make sense to me because I thought I did the weakest on that one. Yet it Uh was the best. It was the one I did the best on. Um, Yeah. Is that how you felt? I thought BEC was definitely the easiest one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I saved it for last. Me too. um, Because I felt that there was no way that I was going to fail that one. Like I felt like there's a chance I'm going to fail a different test and I want to have time to take it at the end but BEC it is like finance concepts and there's cost accounting concepts and well, the I, whole write-up stuff and all that stuff and they have just like random a bunch of random questions yeah, the write-ups it's all it's graded by a computer so it's all just keywords you just gotta yeah. gotta know the right words to throw in there and you get the right right Man, score 
if freaking Wiley or whatever gave me the same tips, I feel like I wouldn't have worried as much. <laughs> or whatever the right. better. I feel like we're we're too in the details. Like I guess should we do like a surface level? Like Jake, what advice do you have? Like what um what was your secret to well, success? Well, How'd you get ninety fives and above on each of the tests? That's a good question. That's that's a mediocre question, but we'll go with it. <laughs> so <laughs> so I started with FAR financial accounting. Um, and I think I got like a 97 on that one. Um, the reason I got that score is because I was very worried about, about failing. Uh, so I probably overstudied. I spent probably too much after I got the score. I was like, wow, I kind of probably wasted some time. But, um, I think in college I was good at all those concepts. And so when I was, when I was studying for that test, a lot of it was review and, um, when you're taking your first test, you don't know what it takes to pass. And so you're trying, I was trying to get everything right because you're just kind of going out there with no, no clue how it's going to be graded. So, um, probably overstudied and I, but as far as my study strategy is, it was all multiple choice. So I didn't even read the book. I pretty much just you went into the backer module and just went through the yeah, I did it. I did for that test, um, and I did for the rest of them. But I wasn't really tuned in. Just kind of like it was on in the background. I just, yeah, I just learned from repetition. Um, yeah, and that's how I understood the concepts. But yeah, I would say being afraid to fail is what led to my best score on the first test, and then. Re, like I walked out of that test and I was like, I don't know, I might've, might've failed. Um, and then came back far. at a 97. Yeah. Far. Okay. Got yeah. A 97. So I took audit next and I was like, well, that strategy worked pretty well. And I actually had a friend, I had two friends from college. One of them got the Elijah Watts sales award. Um, and he was like, dude, you can do it. Like, mm-hmm. I know you can. And then, I had another friend that got 95 and a half average, so he didn't get it Wait, by one point. You get? You just get over 95 and a half. Over so 95.75. Oh my God. Yeah. And they're, they both kind of told me, like, we think you can do it. And so, yeah. After the first test, I grinded for the second test and um, got a 95, but it was all the same concepts that was studying multiple choice, multiple choice, multiple choice over and over and over mm-hmm. and that worked okay. for me and then reg 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 at what point were you like oh my god uh, i'm okay with passing but now now no you're like I'm, i know i'm gonna pass but now it's just like a matter of me getting above this 95.5 yeah so i, I got a 97 and 95 on the first two so yeah. it's averaging 96 and going into reg i was like how many can i give up here yeah like how many points can I give up and still pull this thing off? Yeah. Um, and I felt 93 was the worst I could do. Um, and I think that's what I got. I got 93, 94, but I studied the most for that test and got the worst score just because the worst are, score, by the way, is an amazing score folks for, uh, for your information. 93 on reg is a very difficult test. Yeah. Um, taxes are, they're just, they're so it's all rules based it, like financial accounting is in auditing and BEC is more concept based. Whereas 
taxes, it's all just the rules. Right. And um, another thing that I found helpful was learning how the tools work, the research tools um, in, in Wiley or I, whatever, Becker, the module. Becker, the, Becker. The, Becker, Becker. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you can figure out how to, how to research questions in there, then you can go into a test not knowing some things and have enough time to, to research a few questions. Interesting. And push yourself from a 90 to a 93 or whatever. That's a very good point. And then BEC, you're like, I'm going to nail this. And then I'm guessing you must have gotten a 99 on that. A 98. 98, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I felt I had to get a 97 to get to Elijah Watt cells. And I felt that it was going to be easy, but I, did, I still studied the same because like, yeah, I've come this far. I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah. Like I've already wasted so much time. Um, so luckily I got it, but I think I took the tests. I, I think I started studying in January and I took my last one in July. Um, so that's I had like a, okay. a week off in between each test. Um, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what is the celebration when you get that 98? Is there a fist pump? Are you throwing things? Like what, were you ecstatic? I mean, this must've been nuts. Yeah. Um, well, my, my secret to, to getting good scores was the Friday before each test, I would go out in Iowa city in Iowa, you can take the tests, um, while you're in your last semester of college. Mm -hmm. So I was still in college for my first two or three. I can't remember, but I would go out and just get really intoxicated <laughs> and just like, and just like let my mind just like get off the subject. And I found that really helpful. Wouldn't recommend it, but it worked for me. Yeah. Um, but the celebration was, yeah, it was, I was very excited. I mean, uh, I think I, I did cry actually probably one of the last times I cried. It was, <laughs> it, well, it's, it's because PwC was hypothetically paying out a bonus for it. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, um, before Hypo I was going to hypothetically gonna... actually folks, <laughs> So after I took my first test, I asked the guy that got it the year before me. He works at he works still still at PwC. I was like, "Are they still paying?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if PwC like, didn't right. pay, would you have switched firms? Because at that point, there's like a huge difference, right? Well, they were the only firm that that paid oh, for it. Really, EY doesn't pay or whatever. I don't think so. Oh, I don't shit. think so. Um, does the board give you anything itself? Like, what no, no, you get a plaque. Oh, like, but that's it. What am I going to do with this? Sell it, yeah. sell it, yeah. NFT. <laughs> <laughs> you wish they made it an NFT, dude. You wish, yeah. So, remember the first week of training at PwC? I like, I messaged the HR and asked if they were paying for it, and they responded. Like we're, we're looking into it and we'll let you know. And then we're sitting, I was sitting in training and the trainee goes, so we have an Elijah Watts sales award winner in here. I was like, Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like I thought they were going to call me out, but thank, thank goodness they did not. 
Uh-huh. So then what happened? Um, and then um, that was 2019, fall 2019. And then I think late spring, early summer 2020 during COVID. the pandemic, work from home. Um, I, I, I kept following up with HR like every month. Like, yeah. am I going to get paid or what's the deal here? Yeah. Yeah. They finally respond and they say, we're not paying the bonus. And Dude, that, that, that was like one o'clock on a work day. And I just closed my computer and did not work the rest of the day. Yeah. Are I just you serious? Yeah. I was like 20,000. I, I just, I was like, I just wasted so much time. Alex, did you know this? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Jake told me about this. But what there's, there's more news, though. So. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then there, there was quite a bit of backlash. Like, we had a little – somebody started group chat on the Google chat, and people were mad, like, like we're going to quit and that were kind of stuff. Were they paying our regular bonuses, by the way, like the $6,000 regular bonus? Yes, so we okay. got that. So they were still paying the 6000 but they weren't paying the twenty. Okay. Right. And then – they kind of realized that um, they made a mistake maybe because the thing is that they didn't really announce that they, st- they were going to stop paying it. Yeah. And I think they felt bad about it. I don't know if they're still paying it or not, but they came out and um, like a partner called each of us and said they were going to pay half 10,000. So that, that was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's nice. Fun. Yeah. But still yeah. not as nice as 20 grand. No, but but I mean, ten thousand during summer twenty twenty when nobody's no getting raise, raises or anything yeah. like that. Like, yeah, and that's on top of the that. regular bonus, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Why didn't someone tell me at my time they give you a Mustang or something? That was just a rumor, right? No one gives you a Mustang, right? I did not get a Mustang. <laughs> I, Alex, did you not hear that during our training? I didn't, I didn't hear one that. of these guys, yeah. one of the Mormons, told me that. One of the Mormons did. All yeah. Right. I'm going to call out Colt if you're listening. Colt. Yeah. Um, no Mustang. Yeah. I don't drive Ford anyway. I'm a Chevy guy. Whoa. I sold it. You're not, you don't yeah. like that Mach-E, Mackie or whatever? Nah. I, I, I drive a Bronco if somebody got me one of those. The new Broncos. Oh, that those are nice. Those are stylish cars, by the way. Yeah, they're like 70000 though. That's a little, a little too much. 20000 70000 tomato, yeah. tomato. Hey, well, congratulations, Alex. We got to clip this part of the pod, by the way, right? Yeah, no, we're we're dealing with. We'll it. have Jamie. We'll have Jamie do it. Yeah, we'll have Jamie <laughs> do it, or whoever can get the screen to load. Wait, so Jake, but so you mentioned it. There, they never clarified though. They were never. There was never an announcement saying we're no longer paying the winners of this because. You, you got to let people know that yeah. early on. Like it's nuts that you know you especially probably like two tests in you're like man i could really go for this mm. and spend the extra hours doing it it yeah it's ridiculous to just go oh yeah we go from 20k to nothing it's like well what the what the fuck was the point mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah like when my friends told me that i could get it i didn't really believe them but then like you said my first two tests i was like i'm averaging a 96 yeah why don't i go for this and so i put in a lot of extra time whereas i I don't know how much value the award has. I think maybe certain employers might value it more. So mm-hmm. there might, you might be able to find somebody out there that will hire you because you did well on a test. Um, 
Right. It's something you can talk about, I guess, in an interview, like to show that you work hard or something like that. Or a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, I, I personally, I wouldn't pay it out if I was them. I don't think it's worth, worth the payment. Right, um, yeah, in general. But you, hey, but, once, yeah. once you got your money, now you're yeah. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Do <laughs> you I'm, imagine being an advocate where, like, you've got kids below you now who are winning it? Yeah, I don't say that. You send out a mass email, like, guys, it's not worth it. You shouldn't have done this for the money. You should have done this for, you know, the value of the CPA. Of that plaque. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to reduce the people that get the plaques. My NFT skyrockets. Yeah. Look at this guy. Smart. You know, um, actually, um, you could, I think it was a legal, they probably had a legal problem. Um, because you could have just argued they, you know, breached the contract and, you know, um, your damages would be reliance or something. Um, because, you know, you relied on their promise to work that hard or whatever. So I think they probably ended up having some legal issue, you know, or someone maybe threatened the lawsuit. And that's why they gave in because I don't think PwC yeah. does anything out of the goodness of their hearts, to be honest, man. I've seen how these guys operate. Yeah, if not, then I think by the time you're out of law school, it would still be within the statute of limitations. So we would have picked up your services for a little class action. Honestly, man, I still think we have a chance. You know, we, got, we could get those we could get yeah, that 10,000. 10, yeah, we'll get that money for little, you. Get that money. Pro bono case for you here? Yeah, pro bono by, by ways of 40% contingency fee. You better <laughs> believe it, my man. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll talk to some people here. Yeah, maybe. Um, Alex, did you have any other CPA-related questions, or can we move on to NBA and NFL? Do you want to talk sports? All right, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with the accounting stuff. It's weird with this pod because some people find it useful. I mean, Jake's younger some brother people. likes it. Well, Alec, we had that one commenter, like Garrett or whatever the hell it was, who was correcting us on our inventory advice. We're like, all right, we should have just, just, just that, blocked that dude. But uh, Was that Big G, Garrett? I wish, dude. Big, <laughs> Big G from OC. Um but some people, I think, might tune that part out. They just like us, you know, bickering and uh, saying random shit. But, no, I think we're good on the accounting stuff. Um, yeah, I'll say really quick, like, I yeah. told my little brother to – he's a sophomore in college at Iowa and uh-huh. doing accounting. And I told him to listen to this this stuff. Um, Appreciate he, he likes sports and stuff, too, so. Yeah, um, it's a good mix. Like, that, that's that's fun, but I think he's found, like, the, the advice helpful. It's good to hear from somebody else besides his brother. So, yeah, yeah I think I think it's it's good stuff. Yeah, appreciate it, and I, and I think it's good to get it from because like it's tough when you are in college and you're just talking to the employees that work there. Obviously, they're not going to say terrible shit. They're not going to be yeah. honest about half of it. So we at least have that perspective. Um, I don't know, Alec. Do you want to? What what's your NBA take? Is uh, Kyrie the best in the league? What what do you got here? <laughs> I was just gonna dish on uh, Zion and Luca. Uh, I'm just pissed off at both of those guys. Uh, I'm talking about Luca Doncic, Zion Williamson. Is it because they're puzzled. fat or what's? The- yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the freaking NBA, and these guys are fat, out of shape slobs, and I'm pissed off. It's not like Luca just didn't get a hundred fifty million dollar deal, or what was it, two hundred million dollar deal? Why is he out of? Why is he? Uh, out of shape and fat and overweight. 
I'm pissed well, off, man. Well, that's more money for Domino's. I mean, what, what do you expect? Like, if he's getting paid, you think like he's that. propelling the American economy with all his food. He's eating all the fast food that he didn't have. Uh, wherever he, where is he from? Latvia. Slovenia, Slovenia, Slovenia. Yeah, yeah Slovenia. He's yeah. eating all that barbecue down in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's in those steak barbs. I'm just pissed off, dude. I mean, there's no reason for this guy um, to to be in this shape. And then there's this hit piece on Rick Carlisle, one of my favorite coaches, actually, this week. Did you guys read that? No. So essentially, um, this reporter from Dallas wrote this whole, like, pretty much, like, um, like, five-page thing just trashing Rick Carlisle, former NBA uh, Mavs head coach, former Mavs uh, NBA champ. You know, he led us to the championship in 2011. And apparently he was too hard on the guys. You know, he was cursing at them. And sometimes he would yell at them. And I was like, okay, so that's a coach's job, right? And, And the way this guy, this writer portrayed him is like, Oh, you know, yelling at his players or cursing at his players was some like uh, fireable offense that he was like some bully and some like, uh, uh, you know, like some like hound or whatever is like some crazy guy. And I was like, that's a coach. I, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Am I out of touch? Off the league. No, no, I, I agree. And I'm envisioning that Kobe meme where he looks at Dwight and he's like mouths soft. Like that's that's how I feel hearing this. Um no, I, I loved Bob Knight. I think you got to even hit a player from time to time. So. Yeah, Urban Meyer kicking his kicker. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Lambeau, yeah. <laughs> Josh Lambeau or whoever the hell it was. <laughs> that got him fired, by the way, because after they broke that news, he got fired. Was that, was that like that, what broke the camel's back? Uh, I, I don't know what the final straw was. I mean, he was grinding on a 12-year-old. Yeah, but that, he's going to get fired after that. He was doing an Epstein impression. I, I don't know. He's he's all over the place. Uh, but, Alec, was there anything besides these two guys being fat? I mean, I get the argument. It's like, you're, you know, your um, profession is to be in shape and work hard. And, uh, yeah, they don't care. Um, the other thing is Kyrie's coming back. He's just playing games not in New York. Okay. No, one, no one's excited? Okay. Okay, fine. Um. <laughs> all right. All right. Kyrie Irving, folks. All right. All right. Whatever. I, when did on. that get announced? I didn't even know that was happening. It happened. It happened today. It Actually, happened. I was. Yeah. I was trying to snag him for my fantasy team, but someone added him on Monday. So don't tell me there wasn't some inside. You know. Yeah. Deal. I don't know. I'm getting. Uh, maybe Kyrie called one of my one of my guys or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't like hey, it. Your buddy knows Woj or something. Yeah, because on Monday this guy randomly adds Kyrie Irving. All season he's sitting in sitting uh, in the free agency and then all of a sudden someone adds him. I don't know. I don't want to point fingers. All I know is there's $120 on the line and there might be some insider transactions. That's it. Maybe he cut Kyrie Irving on the deal. I don't know. Yeah, if, if it's popsicle, it's possible or whatever. 60 bucks. He might have done 50-50, 60 to Kyrie, 60 to himself. Is yeah. that not a bad deal? Yeah, Kyrie's got to pay off all those fines, right? Was, <laughs> he getting, was he getting fined for every game that he missed? No, they, they just didn't pay him for any games. Uh, oh, that's not in, bad. Yeah, like in the, he only got he paid half. So instead of getting paid like 34, I think he got paid 17. Poor guy. But yeah, maybe he's trying to make that up and he's like telling like random people from fantasy teams like on Monday, hey, I'll give you <laughs> Yeah. Could that be an, could that be a major conspiracy theory or 
I mean, Kyrie's a major conspiracy theorist, so he'd probably get on board with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, all right. The next piece of news is Ben Simmons is looking more and more likely to be traded. I know no one wants to talk about him, but I just had to say it. Um, what, you, you want to say something? I feel like you want to say something. Well, no, I was just going to say it, it's probably funny for Jake when he listens. I feel like we're both such casuals, Alec and I, that like every NBA talk, we're like, what's Ben Simmons doing? Like we don't really follow anything else. Because <laughs> it's just the most absurd thing. Obviously, he's a, a crybaby and, you know, light skin and dramatic. But uh, I, I don't know, like, what what's going to happen at this point? It, there's, you know, talks of – the Blazers maybe getting him if we, we always have this. Every, yeah, this happens every time. Every pod like, we talk about. I'm like, oh, we'll to... trade away CJ and the Sixers. And then I'll ask you what will make you better. And then you'll say no. And no, then... it, it won't. It's like if he's not – he's in such a good sitch. It's like the Sixers are a good team. Like why – he's not going to be happier on another team. So, I don't know. He's just mad at Philly fans or he doesn't like cheesesteak. Like I don't you know. know what, should we ban Bill Simmons talk until he actually gets traded? Or until actually something happens, should we ban it on the pod? No more Bill Simmons, Ben Simmons, or until, Bill Simmons, the ring, or Bill Sim- yeah. or the ring. Yeah, we don't want that rich, out of touch guy. Kind of like yeah. that. I don't know. I, I know Jake is a a Nugs fan. I don't. Jake. I, I, I mean, see, this is the problem is I haven't even been following closely. <laughs> but you, you have <laughs> takes on yeah. Jokic. I mean, I know he gets mad all the time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's throwing some elbows around out there. He's freaking out, getting some tees. He gets upset. He's kind of turning into a diva, but at least uh, putting on weight like like Luca. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Jokic is the same thing as uh, Luca, but he seems to be fine. I mean, that Jokic is pretty fat himself, by the way. So I don't know what like you know Luca's excuses. Yeah, I mean, testament. Jokic looks pretty good. I mean, he he came back pretty pretty in shape this year. I thought, but the team's just. A lot of injuries. I know Jamal Murray's still out, hasn't played all year. Um, and Porter's out. Porter's out. Yeah, that's that's not a big surprise. They took a big a big risk drafting him, and I feel like they've gotten enough out of him already. Unfortunately, it's worthwhile, right? But they paid yeah. him a ton of money. Yeah, unfortunately, they just paid him like 120 million. But yeah, yeah, yeah he, he's he was good enough. You know, worth the worth the, the draft pick, not worth the money. But I think they're they're five hundred, and hopefully once Jamal comes back, they'll they'll come around. Um, my my big team this year is the Bulls. Love the Bulls. Um, DeRozan, Levine, Kobe White, Vucevic. You just you didn't even name their best player. Zach Levine. No, Caruso, baby. Come on, Caruso. Come on, you know us, man. We're big Caruso fans. Yeah, they're a fun team to watch. I've watched them more than anybody else this year, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, you guys watched that Austin Reeves buzzer beater the other day against the Mavs. This 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 skinny white guy in the Lakers. Yeah, he he has some real Alex Caruso potential right now. He could yeah. be their next Caruso. I don't know if this is a racist thought. <laughs> I do. Isn't I do. isn't Caruso or isn't Reeves a shooter? Yeah, Caruso he, can't shoot. Yeah, Caruso's a hustle player. He, he, <laughs> both our, we do the same pod shit every week. Uh, our viewers are going to be upset. We're going to lose subs or whatever. But uh, 
Caruso, they're opposites. Caruso is leading the league in steals. He was the only bench player in the top 10 for a while. I don't know if that's still a stat, but it was last week or two weeks ago when I checked Twitter for once. What I was going to say is, I don't know if this is a racist thought, but I really do root for, you know, a white boy in the NBA. Just <laughs> turn the camera. He's got to do but, dude, it, it's hard not to. I mean, they're the minority, and it's like, all right, let's see Caruso go to work. Uh, I don't know if that's a Rittenhouse thought or if I'm – You like to see a white American guy, not the not the Jokic's and the, the Doncic. Absolutely. A, a home that's... homegrown guy. Homegrown, yeah, corn-fed. And uh, we're going to lose Alec because he's, uh, you know <laughs> – Yeah, it's like rooting for the, the cornerbacks in the NFL. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get a couple guys out there. We finally got one. Yeah, just me, but just me. No, I think Jake agrees too. But Alec is a loses scholarships. Um. Anyways, that was a nice conversation. What about Steph Curry hitting those threes, man? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, he's. Do you care? Because I don't care. I think one day he'll be as good as Dame, but until then, there's just not much to discuss there. <laughs> Jake, do you care that Steph Curry broke the three-point shooting record? Does that matter to you at all? I don't care. I mean, who who held it before? Was it Ray or Reggie? Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Yeah. yeah, and they're, they're completely different players. Like, Ray is just, was just a shooter, and that's obviously why Steph already beat it, because he's a – an amazing score, an MVP level player. Yeah, and but I don't really care about the records anymore. It's just I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like it's unfair to compare him to Ray Allen or anything because like now it's kind of like common for them to take nine threes a game. Back then, like even ten years ago, it was almost unheard of to take nine threes yeah. a game. So like what Ray Allen did is just to me it's more meaningful. I don't know. I mean. To me, it's not that huge of an accomplishment. I know everyone was going crazy. His parents were there. New York at Madison Square Garden was erupting. I really didn't care. I felt like it's one of those new stats, like um, kind of like passing yards in the NFL or college. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Like when they compare it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's much easier to get yardage now than it was before. Like same with points in the NBA. Like before, you could, um, what was that rule? Like the double, like. You could put both hands on the guy. What was the name of that rule? Now you can't. Um, I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not as impressed. That's, well, that's everyone I'm is making a big deal. They're like, oh, he broke it in 500 less games than Ray. What about the attempts? I'd love exactly. That. I'd love exactly. To see this stat. No yeah. one brought that up. I'm not sure. Maybe he does shoot a better percentage, but that's probably because he's even, taking even a bigger. Still, court. that's yeah. Yeah. That should matter. But, all right, I think that's good for NBA. One last thing I want to do, Jake, appreciate you joining. I know it's been a bit longer than an hour here. I wanted to ask you just kind of a city question. You've been in Dallas for a bit. Comparing that to L.A., I know you really only have, like, during COVID as a reference point, but what kind of differences have you noted? Are you a big fan of Texas so far? Just, you know, what's that been like? Yeah, I don't, don't want to offend anybody in this uh, on this podcast that so still lives in LA. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I think I honestly haven't experienced Dallas that much because pretty much I work at home, yeah. and every weekend in the fall I'm watching Iowa football, and then every Sunday I'm watching NFL football. 
So basically just my experience has been the bars for Iowa games and after the Iowa games. Um, so I'll, I'll learn more in the spring, but I mean, the weather is obviously a lot worse. Like it's very hot in the summer um, and the winter gets a lot colder. Um, but, but I will say in general, the people are, are nicer. Um, like your average person, if you, like you go up to somebody at the bar and like talk to them, they're not just going to kind of like brush you off, like get out of my face. Uh-huh. They'll at least like talk to you and then kind of let you, yeah. let you down or whatever. Whereas LA is a lot more cutthroat. Um, yeah. Dallas, my, my apartments, I live by myself I pay, and I pay less than what we pay to each in LA. Yeah. And my place is a lot nicer. Uh-huh. Nothing against Suresh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing against uh, that West LA vibe. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the homeless, homelessness is a lot less. Because you guys bus them uh, out here. Exactly. <laughs> you guys get buses. What the mega buses for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we keep them like schmucks and build them housing. Yeah. Their tax dollars. yeah. One thing about LA, and it's like the people from there, like specifically uh, living in Glendale, like they're, they're just not great people. Uh, and so that's what, no, nah, I'm just playing. But uh, yeah, well, that's... I don't know. I mean, I've never been to Texas, so it's always interesting to uh, get someone's perspective on it. But is does anything compare to the beanery? Like when you're going to these Iowa games, like is there an oh. Iowa bar? That's- oh, the Iowa bar here at, in Texas is a lot better. But the L.A. Iowa fans are awful. They're just kind of casually watching. There's like a few in there kind of going crazy. Yeah. But in, in Texas, like you got you got a lot more people and a lot, lot younger Iowa crowd out there and it's a lot more energetic a lot more fun uh-huh. um yeah I think Dallas will be a one or two year stop I'm, I'm kind of looking actively where the next stop's going to be um a lot of a lot of options on the table right now Vegas is up there for sure oh shit. um that's every weekend yeah yeah um we'll see hit the tables yeah some blackjack yeah one of my buddies he's uh he's in dallas right now but i think he's going to austin next september or something people are you know pro austin they're against dallas they don't like houston because of travis scott i don't know they're just all over the place yeah austin's more expensive than la now like and you're not even getting a lot of the benefits of la like it's not built for the the amount of people that are going in there all the all the Austin, the people that are from there, just getting pushed out of their apartments, like it's it's not a good deal down there. Rogan and Elon Musk just taking over. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah, I mean Alec loves uh, Rogan, so yeah, I'm sure. My idol. About that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Did we have anything else? Sorry, I'm just asking random questions at this point. Alec, you got a globe in the background. Uh, what what else do you got going on? Yeah, um, showing his intellect back there. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, always in that globe. Um, you know me. You're gonna meet up uh, our boy Drew today. Um, I'll let you know how that goes next week. Sweet. Yeah, we'll have to get him on the pod at some point too. It'll be a lot less interesting, and he'll just kind of laugh well, after he says something. <laughs> A real big four boy. <laughs> yeah, a real big four boy would be the four of us. We'll talk about his Clippers. Yeah, he'll talk about his Clippers and uh, Kawhi if he ever does anything. Uh, but Jake, once again, appreciate it, man. And um, to all the listeners, we appreciate it. You know, 
there's millions and they uh, keep pouring in, but sub that YouTube, sub the uh, Patreon, go visit Alec at law school. And uh, yep, we'll be back. Ep 17, calling it good.